0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Silence Your Phones, your movie review podcast found exclusively on the network at BICBP-radio.com. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Chavez, joined as always by Sean Fritz. We're going to blows? You said we're going to go to a blows over this.
1: Yeah, you're, you're, uh, before, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, a peek behind the curtain, Chris started talking shit about this movie, regarded <laughs> as one of the greatest baseball movies ever put on film. Uh, some might say that it's a second to Rookie of the Year, uh, the one with the kid from American Pie that, you know.
0: That's right. He was on American
1: Pie. I, oh I, God! I, I seriously thought about switching out one of the following baseball movies with that one, but I'm like, no. It's was Gary he the
0: Busey. one dating? Was he the one dating Tara Reid? Yeah, in American Pie. That's what I thought. That's right. Yeah, he dated Not Tara. Tara Reed.
1: Him and Gary Busey. <laughs> Uh no it can't be as good as i remember it so we're going to keep in what we thought but yeah i don't
0: know but, i mean it's um so we're, we're referencing the fact that we're jumping straight into baseball i don't have films. a covid
1: update that's probably why <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. we're not even gonna bother with covid <laughs> this
0: time we're jumping into uh, baseball films it's the month of april uh spring training typically spring training right is it going on right now i, did, I couldn't even tell you i don't really follow it, baseball uh,
1: opening day is like at some point this week or last oh, week
0: okay as of this recording are you are you a baseball fan are you are you a fan
1: so baseball oh by the way opening day already happened <laughs> no matter when you're listening is april 1st
0: so okay, okay. It, we're
1: timely at the very least there you go um so as far as baseball goes yeah uh when i was a kid my grandfather and i my mom's dad and i we would go to phillies games because we lived close enough to do that okay and uh so and, and and you know as a kid i would i would okay here we go i would record on video cassette uh the uh the, the all-star games but i was so into baseball at that time that i would take out my five subject me notebook you know the one with the hard the hard uh dividers <laughs> yeah, yeah. and i would write down the starting lineups and i would do like the baseball scorecard get was, out really I, I was super into baseball and then the strike of 90 was it 94 95 Four. Happened. i think it's 94 yeah uh, yeah, because the Blue Jays, Joe Carter, that walk-off home run, mother, son of mm, so, wow, so close I did, to winning. I did not know this about you, dude. Oh, You're yeah, oh, a baseball fan, huge baseball fan. Okay, uh, and then the strike happened, and I was like, "F these guys." Um, I'm 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 a whopping 11 years old at this point. I'm like, forget these guys wanting all the money and blah blah blah. Here I am trying to climb the corporate ladder now. Yeah, right. Um, but it's <laughs> It's kind of funny how that works, but I'm not like holding out for more money. Uh, Uh. But the, yeah, the, the, so the 94 strike ruined baseball for me for geez, probably until 2006. And, and then the Phillies started to get good and I was still living in Pennsylvania at the time. And then in 2008, the Phillies won the world series. So I'm like, all right, you know, I'll, I'll follow along. I won't watch incessantly because that's a lot of time and investment. 162 games times yeah. three plus hours. It's a lot of commercials too. and eh. <laughs> Right. But, you know, I will follow along. My Google feed tells me who, if the if they won or more likely recently lost again. Yeah. And, you know, respect the process or trust the process, right? Just like yeah, the Sixers yeah, said yeah. for 10 years. Oh, yeah. But yeah, oh, Philly yeah. sports are, are still my thing. I'm just not like, oh, let's see how what they're doing today. Let's watch. Sit on the couch and watch
0: interesting okay see for me uh baseball was a kid thing when i played when i grew up i played you know i played t-ball i played you know little league baseball the cardinals um and i was a fan of baseball i was a fan of of the mets i was a fan of the yankees i was a fan of new york you you were that one fan of the mets yeah yeah at the time well i was a fan of the mets when they had the pennant way back in the day uh obviously i was like yeah i'm a mets fan and then you know then i wasn't a fan of the mets and then i was a fan of the yankees for a while when the yankees were like Everybody was a fan of the Yankees in the nineties and two thousands. You know, who's a
1: fan of the Yankees? Art
0: Anderson. <laughs> we'll see. See, I'm in good company, but um, I, I don't know, dude. I kind of fell off baseball, you know, around high school and then never really came back to it. I've, I've it's not a sport that really intrigues me. I don't sit down and watch it. I've gone to a couple of games. You know, live games, um, and I always say going to any live sporting event typically is much more fun than watching it on TV. Except wrestling, because you <laughs> wrestling. can't get the commentary. Oh, I don't know, though. It's still really a, a different it, time it, when you go see it live, dude. It oh, yeah. It, it is. It it's, is a diff- it's a different it's experience.
1: A big, yes. But you don't get the story from the yes, commentators. That is
0: true. You are missing out on a big part of the story, because they are a big part of the story. Um, But in terms of baseball yeah, not so much so when you said you wanted to do baseball movies for the month of april i gotta be honest i was just kind of like mm, okay i mean there's a few good baseball movies so i wasn't really like worried um but then we threw in some movies i hadn't seen before this being one of them
1: mm-hmm.
0: and i don't know i think typically it's hard to do sports films unless it's done a certain way you know um there are some baseball movies I've seen again, like I said, that I enjoyed, but I don't know. It feels like for me, movies, when you think of sports movies that are are like that inspirational, those iconic sports movies, you're talking movies like Rudy. So football, right? You're talking a league of their own. So or, or, uh, I'm sorry, feel the dreams. That's the baseball one that everyone kind of upholds as as one oh, of the greatest. Don't forget Uh-oh. major league major league in terms of comedy, right? Like, so it is, it's, it's cutting. It's one of the top comedies and baseball films. It really is. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I don't know. I didn't never heard much about the natural. And I think we said initially that when we were going to do this movie, I I thought it was a Disney film for some reason. I, I don't know why, but it's not, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. It's it, already going into it. I was a little hesitant because I'm not a fan of the sport as it is. Not that I don't like it. It's just I'm not a fan. So yeah, I didn't I, know if I could watch movies that I wouldn't get invested into unless this, you know, the story's really good. So we're going to see what happens in this one because that's, that's what we did. We decided the first one we're going to kick off the month of April with is The Natural. Someday when people look at me, they'll say, there goes Roy Hobbs, the best there ever was. TriStar Pictures presents Robert Redford in The Natural. The story of a father and a son. You got a gift, Roy, but it's not enough. Of love. He means the world to me. And desire. I'm not waiting for true love to come along, Roy. A champion. A Roy Hobbs comes along once, maybe twice in everybody's lifetime. And his destiny.
1: With or without the records, they'll remember you.
0: best there is now, Mm the best there ever will be. I wouldn't bet against me. I already have. Robert Redford, Robert Duvall, Glenn Close, Kim Basinger, Wilford Brimley, Barbara Hershey, Robert Prosky, and Richard Farnsworth has read The Natural.
1: and, And part of baseball movies, too, is that you baseball to a lot of people to the to the regular viewing audience is long arduous boring yeah. it's only fun if you play it or are really invested like an 11 year old sean fritz was
0: which is and, weird right because at one point this was mean it in terms of the sport this was i mean the it, it had the nickname of, of being america's pastime because at one point this was it like this was the excitement was going to these games, man. Mm -hmm. And nowadays I just thinking of sitting in a baseball game. I don't know. Unless you're super involved, I guess, you know, I don't know.
1: There's, there's two real fun reasons, two real good reasons to go to a baseball game. One is that you're in a, no, no, not that. (laughs) One is that you're in a box, like your company box, or you're there to entertain or you're because a box is you're at the game, but it's like a party. And you can party in your own private little place. You know, your own little space. It's got four walls. Usually, it's got someone that comes in and brings you uh, food, and you don't have to scream and yell because when you go somewhere and you have to scream and yell to the person sitting right next to you, that gets old real quick. Yeah, concert, uh, a bar, uh, you know, places we go all the time, Chris. Clubs. Yeah, um, you know, <laughs> yeah, those places. <laughs> um, some even at conventions. You know, when when we've been at yeah, a convention when together, it's crazy. It's too loud, and you're just like, I'll, I'll call. Get, put your headphones on. Let's talk on the mic. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Serious. Uh, which is convenient. Plus, people don't bother you then. Uh, the other fun thing to do is if you're going with people you like, and it's just going to be like a fun daytime. And I don't day drink really, like I uh, have done in the past. Mm-hmm. Actually, I haven't had a drink in like six months, and that's not because I'm bragging. I'm just saying, like, I just haven't had a reason to. Yeah. Oh, I had one beer. Uh, about three months ago wild man wild man oh crazy guy here <laughs> um but it's uh it, it's you know if you're going with your family or with young kids that hopefully are also part of your family if you're just going with young kids it's a whole nother story um but like i took my kiddo to a game uh probably four or five years ago uh, we have a local uh, when i was back home visiting we have a local team there yeah and it's right in town so it, it's a fun little game you know it's like at most like 5,000 seats at most, I don't even know if it's that big, but you know, you're just having like a small little gathering of, of people that you want to be around and you just want to sit and you can sit and be quiet around, you know, and just kind of be comfortable and watch and just enjoy the, the summer, the the late spring, summer, early fall type atmosphere outdoors. I also take a lot of sunblock with me because I'm ghostly white. I'm very pale. But those are the two reasons: box, or you go with people that you really like, and you just sit around yeah. and chill with. Unless, like you said,
0: you're super invested in the team, you're a hardcore fan involved, uh, which, like, you know, Young Sean Fritz is man. Young Sean Fritz has his his five subject binder, you know, just littered with stats. I could just see them like lined out.
1: Oh, it was it was you know how you know how to keep score with baseball. Yeah, like not just like runs, hits, errors, and like, yeah, yeah, every inning, but it's like this guy made it to first base, and then like. Mm-hmm. You know, it was that, like I was drawing everything out from scratch, just online wow. notebook paper. I was in, man. I think my mom, okay, if I find any of these notebooks, I think my mom might have some. If I find any of them, I, will, awesome. I will, I will, I will, I will float them over to whoever does our social media and we will post it out there probably six months late on as normal <laughs>
0: We'll put it out in Halloween. Be like, "My yeah. those, those baseball episodes. Check out this paperwork." Um, yeah. Okay, so the Natural. Have you seen this before? Was this someone something you'd already seen? Oh, so you'd I, already I, seen this
1: uh once or twice, but it had been a long time, and I forgot. I'm watching it. I'm waiting for certain things to happen, and they didn't happen the way I remembered it. So it was almost like a fresh viewing for me. Okay.
0: Okay. Um, the Natural. I don't want to go into the entire story and break it out, but basically the kid at the beginning of the film, we see him and his relationship with his father. His father teaches in baseball. His father dies of a heart attack super early in life. The kid, uh, you know, the tree under which his father dies of, of a heart attack gets hit by lightning a few years later, splits in half. The kid takes some of that wood and makes himself a bat, right? And decides I'm going to be the greatest baseball player of all time. Um, and we fast forward to him at Here's the thing, bro. 19 years old. When we see Robert Redford for the first time on screen, we're to believe that he's 19 years old. (laughs) And Glenn Close is 19, 18, 17. Who knows how old she is compared to him.
1: However, (laughs) they look young compared to Cruella DeVille and uh, Secretary of Defense, whatever his name was, Hale Hydra. Um, You know, they're... They look a little old and are a little young in these movies, yeah. but yeah, not that young. Yeah. At so, all.
0: so he's in it. He's 19. He's this kind of like phenom of a kid. He's got an arm, like the best pitcher of all time. He's, he can swing better than Babe Ruth. Right. And there's this gimmick where he's, he, he got, he got offered a position to either try out or to come out for the Chicago Cubs. And so on his way out, right. He meets who is supposed to be the Babe Ruth character on a train. And during one of the train stops at a fair, uh, you know he, he there was this little contest that was put together that he should pitch three pitches to the Babe Ruth character and try to strike him out, uh, and Babe Ruth would try to hit it. And the contest was off, uh, you know, would to be cl- would would be declared off
1: if he couldn't get it over the plate, like if it was outside of the strike zone at all. It was garbage. Three, pi- three pitches, three strikes. That was That's it. it. So he knew what was coming, right? And he what? couldn't hit him.
0: While he's pitching, right, he's they're being watched by this mysterious woman in black. This mysterious woman in black had been eyeing the Babe Ruth character on the train before getting to this county fair. But when she sees Robert Redford, right, she's like, wow, okay, maybe this guy's better. Uh, So she talks to him at the next stop at a hotel and says, why don't you come to my room? He says, sure, why not? Even though I have a girlfriend in Glenn Close. Like he told her, wait for me to call for like, I'm going to marry you. And then he went off. He's going into this girl's room, right? Goes into this room, uh, and the lady says, Hey, you're gonna be the greatest ever. He's like, Yeah. And she goes, Bang. <laughs> she fucking just shoots him, just shoots him in the gut. Yeah. And and that's it. And then the next thing we do is we fast forward 16 years and we're at a baseball game. And at first I couldn't figure out if this was a minors or a majors, but because this is um a fictitious type of an era and teams and people, this was considered the majors. So he goes to play we're at the New York, the New York team, New York Knights. Chris, Who,
1: uh, it doesn't matter because Wilford Brimley is the coach. Yes,
0: Wilford Brimley is the coach, which wait till we get into the acting and actors on this. But Wilford Brimley's the coach. He's the kind of coach. And through story, we find out that he's given his life to the sport. He's now managing this team that he really wants to try to win a pennant with, except he's kind of at odds with the co-owner of the team. Um, this guy that seems to be wanting to, to just kind of lose it, make sure that, they lose so that he assumes ownership, right? There's this weird contract or something where that if they lose so many games, this guy's, uh, his nickname, the judge, the judge will assume ownership of this team. Oh, he's a judge. Oh, he's a legit judge. He's a corrupt,
1: Uh, legit judge. And I didn't catch that piece of it.
0: There's also this other character, right? There's this dude that likes to bet on on the players and the team, but he bets against his own team and players so that he can make money because he knows he can fix them. Like, he makes sure that they do bad so that they can make money. Well, Robert Redford decides, or not even decides, you know, the scout signs him to come play for this team. Wilford Brimley's like, are you kidding me? You're like 80 years old, which, again, let me tell you this. 16 years later, he's supposed to be, what, 35? He's 35,
1: 35, now. 36. Um, uh, no, yeah, right around. He's there. filming this, he's almost 50 years old, bro. Well, here's the thing. Young, he he looks younger, but is actually older than Wilford Brimley in this movie. So
0: in my mind, I was thinking, you know what they're probably trying to do here? It's just trying to show like how old and aged people were back in the day, like how hard and weathered. You know what I mean? Like you see pictures of kids, people that were like 25 years old from the 20s, and they look like they're 60.
1: Well, Joe Rogan has a bit on that where he says, you ever see people who, where they originally started taking photographs? Um, I think it's on his triggered uh, special on Netflix, but he's like, you ever see those people? You look at them and you think, why didn't they smile? Well, here's the answer. It's because they're fucking hungry. <laughs> and that's, yeah. It was just hard and miserable life. Yeah. So It's like, yeah, this guy's 13. This lady's 35. This lady's, you know, or this, this. he's like, you see two people, a man and a woman. The man's like thir- uh, 25. The woman's like 23, yeah. you know, they're both going to die in a week because they're at that age yeah. where they're going to die.
0: Yeah. Um. So Wilford Brimley looks at, at old man Redford and is just like, yo, what are you doing here? He's like, you know, normally you'd be retiring by now, not being, you're not a rookie by now. And he decides he's, he's a little annoyed. He's like, well, what are they giving me this garbage guy for? Sit down. Right. He's not going to play this guy. Yeah. He benches him. And we get to watch the team, the team, which is like the bad news bears at the beginning of bad news bears. Like they're literally like falling all over each other. Uh, you know, it was the most ridiculous thing. Like, the you know, those have you ever seen these new late night commercials now where it's like, do you find this happening to you? And and you see somebody like fumbling with a cup, but it's like over fumbling, the guy, it's the, the most ridiculous fumbling in the world.
1: Yes, and here let's go on a tangent real quick. <laughs> that's what these guys meeting. were doing, though. The, that over the guy fumbling. that puts. Do you see the one where the guy puts the Q tip in his ear and freaks the fuck out? Where he's like,
0: (laughs) (laughs) exactly. That's what was happening here. So basically, we had a whole bunch of late night infomercial actors on the field just over, you know, overselling this fact that they couldn't catch balls um, or throw them. He's yeah. throwing him at the back of the pitcher. I was like, who does that? Who just throws the ball with the, with the guy turning around? Like, who does
1: that? Well, and that's a rule. You never throw a ball at someone exactly. unless they see, unless you make eye contact with them, and they know you're going to throw it to them.
0: Exactly. So, uh, he, you know, he ends up being a part of this team, and he's annoyed because he's not played for a while. They continue to lose, and finally he's about to take off, and he you know, he throws some piss and vinegar at Wilford Brimley and Brimley's like, all right, fine. I'm going to let you go to batting practice. And boy, is that all he needed? Because mm-hmm. then it was like crack, crack, crack. They're watching these home runs. They're like, oh, you're our savior. Where have you been? So On better late than never throw him in. Right. And sure enough, they start winning. He becomes this big name and all of a sudden he meets Kim Basinger. Kim Basinger's in this and Kim Basinger uh, you know, starts to, to date him. She used to date the, the, the guy that he replaced, there was a right fielder played by um, Michael Madsen that, uh, you know, Robert Redford was well, going to replace his position, but he ended up dying because he ran through a wall.
1: Well, uh, he ran through head first and those walls were not soft at the time like they are now. No. So there's he, no warning. So, track, so no, did nothing.
0: that happen in those days? Did people legit do that? Like I've seen it in in bloopers and stuff like, you know, when you watch baseball bloopers Mm -hmm. and I've seen that happen, but usually the wall just kind of flips. It moves. It's like it's it moves
1: because, yeah, because there are safeguards now in place. Uh,
0: But my point is, is you know, there's a wall. Like, why would you run at full speed
1: towards it? Be, well, because you're looking back at the ball or, you oh, know, whatever. There's so no, there's now a warning track, you know, that dirt sprinkled uh, 10 feet. Yeah, in so, you know, you're coming close to it. Yeah. There's a reason for that now. So there's, there are plenty of safeguards and and padding uh, on the wall. And remember the time Bo Jackson ran up the wall and because yes. he caught that ball because a padding grips so he could run up that wall and, you know, and, and so, but yeah, I've seen people, I think it was at, uh, Oak, whatever's Oakland athletics play. There's a guy that ran through that wall. Yeah, but it's soft.
0: Back in the day, they weren't. See, hardened. It was hardened back in the day. They, they went through a lot of stuff back then.
1: Life was hardened back in the
0: day. <laughs> he, that dude ends up dying. Kim Basinger no longer has a boyfriend. Now she starts her interest in Robert Redford. They they begin this kind of fling, this 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 relationship, which begins to hurt his playing. He Women starts, weak in knees, just like Mick said. <laughs> starts messing things you know he's messing things up he's not as good they're they're going on a losing streak again until glenn close shows up his girlfriend from the past and all she has to do is show up and he's he's playing again you know he's he's cracking home runs um he finds out that now he may have a son with her well it's he never really clear out. because yeah. they don't really directly
1: speak they'll play this little dance around it um that's annoying by the way people in their mid 30s should not be playing that 17 18 19 dude. year old dance
0: dude So, um, he goes back to, to playing, but then he ends up getting sick, right? He gets poisoned at a party. He ends up getting sick. Um, wait, he's poisoned because the judge wants him to throw the season so that he can assume control of the team and he will not do it. Yeah. He won't even take a payoff. He does find out though, that with all of this insistence that apparently this has been happening a lot. This is why the team is so bad because they don't want, you know, the team to do well. So he doesn't take the payoff he's poisoned he's sick in the, in the hospital and they tell him that the bullet that had been lodged in his stomach i'm assuming since way back when he was shot uh has poisoned him now it's gotten to a point where it eroded his stomach or his lining or something like that and and the next time he plays a full game he's gonna die he's not allowed to play
1: anymore it's like in um not another teen movie where Reggie Ray can only have (laughs) nine more concussions. And then there's actually like a counter on the scoreboard. Exactly. Um, But do you think it was a silver bullet and there was a very brief, it should have had more, more beginning. Yeah. But it was very brief about silver bullets and somebody shooting somebody with silver bullets. And Mm -hmm. one of our characters might have been involved in that. And originally too, because of the whammer who was the,
0: <clears throat> that's what papers. I'm thinking. I'm thinking, and they see, they don't really go back to addressing it. I Me mean, mm-hmm. kind of leaves it ambiguous to, to think, was this all kind of set up as that piece? So is he going to play again? Is he not? He says he's going to, he wants to make his, you know, help his team. Uh, and then we're at the final game. Now he's out of the hospital final. This is the game that matters. And and he's doing his best to, I don't know. And here's the other piece. I couldn't tell if he was throwing the game or if he wasn't, because he had a lot of strikes there at the end. I'm like, come on, dude.
1: Is it because he, he was four, actually,
0: is he hurt is he not you know um they had to remove having had to remove the bullet you know he still had kind of that 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 surgical wound that was healing which starts to bleed throughout this thing and which reminded me of the uh what was his name from the red Sox, kurt Schilling, back in the day remember that when his ankle was bleeding through his socks yep um so we saw this going down and um he pulls through, dude, at the very end. You know, he's... Oh, here's the thing. He's in a slump again until Glenn Close sends a note to him mid-game saying, by the way, that that kid we were talking about that was kind of ambiguous the entire time, he's your son, and he's here watching you play. So then he goes out there, and cracks a fucking game-winning homer, and that just, like... It's it's the happy finale, and then we see a little bit in the, into the future, he's playing catch with his son the way he did with his dad. And that's our movie. This right. is the natural.
1: And the natural meaning he is the best natural talent of baseball has ever seen. Also, the last scene in the movie, also the first scene. Yes. I don't know if you picked up on True. that. True. Yeah.
0: No, definitely is. Okay, dude. This movie, like I said, baseball's, for me, it's a little different, you know, jumping into this. I gotta say any of the movie aside from the ones I've already seen, so I know I'll enjoy them. These The new ones, I was like, oh, I don't know, because it's baseball. You know, How am I going to get, is this going to get me pulled in? Is it going to, am I going to enjoy this? I got to say about the plot though, I just felt like there was too many things all over the place in this plot. It wasn't just like kind of a, it could have, you could have trimmed off a lot of stuff in this plot that wasn't that, you know, you didn't really need. It felt like it was, it was trying to be three different movies at once to me. It felt like it was trying to be a sports movie, right? Mm -hmm. That the guy who's, who's down and out and trying to overcome and then the down and out and overcoming the slumps, the winds, the, the grand finale at the end, it finally like it was trying to be that, which is good. You get that in all your other movies. But then it started to be kind of also this very, this nefarious plot piece to it, which, okay, if you want to make that as part of what's going to be the issue here, cool. But then there was a lot of weird stuff with like the girl who shot him initially committed suicide. You know what I mean? And it was like zero anything to that they didn't tell us anything of what was going on there 16 years of his life we only find out but like maybe three sentences of what happened when he's like telling Glenn close about it which was a weird kind of here let's go for a walk and then he's like you hear him say something then there's a lot of music and walking and then another line and so you know you know kind of what he was going through but there was so much in this that they left off that felt very weird Um, and then it reminded me of the uh the Forrest Gump thing where at the very end he finds like he's my son. You know what I mean? Like that is he no, he's not Forrest. He's a very smart boy. Like mm-hmm. it was kind of like, I don't know. I didn't know. I didn't know how to take it. It just felt like it was kind of all, it felt very ambitious is what it was. It was trying to be a very ambitious type of sports movie. And I can see how sports fans, baseball fans would look at this as being maybe up there with Rudy or those other films. But I think for me, it was a lot happening in the, in the plot throughout the film that kind of just kind of kept pulling me in different directions. I was like, wait, what is, what is this now? What's going on here? Why is this happening? Does that make sense?
1: Well, so the movie is based on a book. Mm-hmm. The book was written in, the, in 1952. So it does recount the fanaticism of baseball yes. you know, in its glory days because it wasn't that far removed. Granted, this movie is 32 years later. Uh, So baseball, probably not as big. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, baseball recently, uh, when this movie came out, had a strike, player strike or a threat of a player strike not long before. So
0: Yeah. And now we're watching this almost, what, almost 40-something years later? mm -hmm. So there's a lot of time removed from, from the feeling of the sport itself and when this was made or when the book was written.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, some of this stuff is, you know, is you know you can't write this stuff but or like oh that never happened that you can't write it but like you mentioned kurt schilling with his socks i mean the uh with his bloody socks uh uh kurt uh, kurt schilling kurt gibson with the uh, limping around the bases um mm-hmm. randy uh what's i almost said randy savage uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah brother randy Cream johnson yeah you know, randy johnson throwing that that one pitch and destroying that oh, bird. I remember that.
0: I remember that. I dude. <laughs> but yeah, there was stuff in this that you were just like, it, it. It totally came across like, um, what do you call it? Like, like it almost felt like we were watching the tale of a mythical character, right? Like this, like this was the baseball character that we would have learned alongside Paul Bunyan. You know, uh, what was the what was the dude that that um, that he wanted to to race the, the steam trains and, and put on Henry John Henry like these these kind of Pecos bill these big kind of named characters larger than life. This character feels like he was created for that kind of era like when he first hits the ball right and and at the in the first time he's ever in a game and literally rips this the, 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 the actual leather off the ball. Or when he hits the the lights and it's like a shower of sparks and then the entire thing kind of explodes like it's it's all of these things that are a little way overboard I
1: think that kind of make it go come on it, it is fantastical you know yes. and it, yes you know it it's not unlike you know our our short conversation last week about the rookie with um, the not crazy Quaid uh, <laughs> yeah yeah Randy are you sure it's randy randy quaid I think it's dennis dennis quaid one of the Quaids. no it's
0: randy quaid's the 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 crazy one is it yeah i think it yeah was dennis the one was that in the was movie. in christmas yeah
1: yeah so um you know in in the rookie it's more realistic this one yeah a little bit more heavy-handed a little bit more i mean there's an article i'm, I'm looking here roger a- and angel angel um, this guy who wrote a, a an article in the new yorker said that the movie was that roy hobbs was very heavy handed version of King of the King Arthur legend, you know, and, and I can yes. kind of see that
0: it feels very mythical, almost mm-hmm. mystical in things that happen.
1: Yeah. But it's also like the, the, to go back to the rookie reference, it's his only season, you know, no different than, you know, he's a rookie and he retires in the same year Uh in, in, but it's only like a half year anyway, but you know, he's still, he basically, he proves that he is still, you know, at his age in, that time frame still the best player the best natural talent without doing much you know and and we don't know what he did in those 16 years he's got a pretty wicked scar it looks like they cauterized it with an iron or a wood burning right, kit right um, but you know it was it was pretty wicked And it's not out
0: of the realm, dude, because I look at guys like Tom Brady, right? It's not out of the realm to show a guy at an advanced stage that can be the best,
1: even almost at the pinnacle at that advanced stage. Keep in mind, though, Tom Brady has the (laughs) best in sports science and sports research to date. And, you know, every generation, quote, has it easier because they have more advancements in every single type of technology.
0: Dude, Robert Redford had a bat made from
1: lightning bolt, okay? So he, he basically that's was like, that's wielding. The most
0: yeah, it's <laughs> the most advanced science there was at the time.
1: Um, well, he did that thing by hand. I can appreciate that craftsmanship.
0: But in terms of the plot, you know, if it's if you want to follow just the kind of sports story plot, I enjoyed that a lot. I enjoyed the idea that this guy was an up and coming guy and whoever it was felt threatened enough to try to take him out And then 16 years later, no matter what happened, he's, he's got his shot now. Right. And he's older and it's kind of like that, you know, it's my last chance at really doing what I always wanted to do. Something that really reminds me of my dad, this, the passion we had. So, um, having that, you know, that as a storyline, I'm in, I liked it. I enjoyed that piece throwing in the stuff with the judge and all that stuff. I get it. So now it kind of ups the ante. So, okay, cool. But then there was like the women, like the Kim Basinger thing. And the thing with Glenn close was just this weird kind of nothing was set in stone as to, why I should care about either of them, either of those relationships. And some, a little bit with this guy too, with Robert Redford, there was much I did. I, there wasn't enough character building to make me want to care. Because the beginning, that whole, you know, sequence with his dad was super quick. Like it's such an, a quick thing. Um, the, it didn't have as emotional, as much of an emotional impact on me, at least personally, that uh, then I think that the, what the filmmaker was trying to do you know what I mean? So I wasn't invested there. I wasn't invested in any buildup to him really trying to be a baseball player because we didn't see any grind. We didn't see any work. We just know that from the where he was a kid up to where he was 19, all of a sudden he was the greatest, you know what I mean? And then he was shot and then he shows up again 16 years later and he's still the best. So I just feel like there wasn't anything that had me invested to be really like, come on, Rudy, you can do this.
1: Yeah. I'm going to turn my jersey in. Uh, yeah. He can take my place. Oh, you're yeah. all American. Yeah. Why would you do that? Uh, so here we go. <laughs> so I've been doing some, uh, some investigative journal digging over here. Um, and so the crazy chick on the train, um, Harriet bird. Yeah. Um. So it says that in the book, she had, uh, she has an ulterior motive for being on that train. And, you know, she was hot because in the movie and also in the book, she was hobnobbing with the whammer and Max, who's the journalist that we didn't even yeah. talk about uh yet uh she is, it says here she is a lunatic obsessed with shooting the baseball player her intended target was the whammer but after hobbs struck him out uh her attention shifts to hobbs
0: and there's no explanation of that like you could and that's even how do you show that mattered? in the movie though yeah
1: like, they didn't really do internal monologues in this movie so they could really have done something maybe
0: like in a in a um At the hospital, right? Maybe he's at the hospital and you have a doctor talking to the cop and the cop's like, no, she was just one of these kind of loony bins, you know, that, that she wanted something. Just give us something. Cause then that would have like kind of, but the entire movie I'm trying to think, how is this going to tie in now? Right. So I'm still waiting, waiting for that, that, that shoe to drop where it was like, Oh, Oh, the whammer hired her or, Oh, this was max You know, somebody hired her to do this. Um, nope. We were just told that she committed suicide and then it was supposed to come back to him as some sort of salacious, you know, involvement. Um, Yeah. You know, that's the, I think that's the thing that hurts it a lot too is that I had zero investment in these characters because I didn't care in terms of there wasn't enough to make me care about them at the beginning. It was just kind of like, here's a real quick thing. This kid and his father have this relationship with baseball and then his father dies and it affects him to the point where now he wants to be the best, right? I just, I don't know. I didn't, it didn't do it for me. It just didn't do it for me, this plot.
1: (laughs) Whoa, the ending is way different in the book. Really? Yeah, big time. So tell
0: me he doesn't win it. He dies at the plate. That'd be amazing.
1: No, no, no. It's nothing like that. (laughs) Um, So there's a lot more like uh, the team. There really was no like focus on the team aside from Bump who is, who was killed, and then they drop his ashes in a flyover at the well, stadium, which was weird. The
0: fact like, what that if someone has died. an open container? When he died, okay, when he went through that thing, and they're like, oh, we got to get a medic. I'm thinking, okay, he's going to be out, right? Then all of a sudden, it was that this dude
1: died. I was like, what? Like, I just couldn't it, believe it, what was going on. It was a on. big jump. I, I will give you that. It, it was, was a, a lot of big jump. jumps throughout this movie. Like, show him with his head not attached to his body or something. Like, oh, something. he caught a wicked splinter. Something. something.
0: But, man, it jumped out of nowhere. And I was like, wait, what? and that's what happened a lot of this movie there was a lot that they were trying to do through montage mm-hmm. and it just it was it was too much it's
1: just too much training montages and action montages are good sure rocky right or yeah. lots of home runs um high, they're called sports highlights yes. but but um telling really a story <laughs> hard, it's really hard to tell a story through just a montage oof uh, or um, let me rephrase through action You can tell a story. You have to hit all the beats to tell the story, but you're not going to catch everybody on it. Case in point, we, Chris, we have watched in the past at least one, maybe two wrestling matches and made more than that references in the show uh, in this particular recording. There is a story to be told in each one. Until you know that, you don't notice it. But there is a story that is being told through the action or through the the, the comeback or through the, Oh, he's trying, but he can't. Oh, one, two oh what a maneuver. Oh, we got, now I'm getting to my Vince McMahon co- yeah. commentary, but you know, <laughs> yeah. you, you get the idea. There, there is a story being told of this guy's the underdog. There's a backstory that happened before that, you know, all this information compiled together. Oh, they got to go for 60 minutes. Well, who's the tougher athlete, you know, that kind of stuff. So it's, there's a story to be told. You got to tell the story. Sometimes a story needs words.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Things need to be explained. You need to see more. You can't just see, you know, newspaper headlines uh, coupled with their version of that, that old school 1930s, you know, newsreel footage. Um, it just, I don't know. It, it fell flat a lot of times for me, at least in terms of the plot. Was there anything you wanted to say on the plot before we move on?
1: So, yeah, let me give you the book difference here. Yeah, let's get it. So I don't, so it doesn't really indicate that there was as much of a contentious relationship between Hobbs and the judge. As there is in the book, um, from the, from the, the, the condition of the judge buying more and more percentage of, of the team from pop the the man, the manager owner, um, the, the, the point of contention is that Hobbs, unlike in the movie declines a pay raise in the book, he is trying to renegotiate because he is more or less single-handedly increasing the, uh, the stake of the team, you know, the, the value of the team, he feels he should be rewarded. Um, And let's see here. So Max writes a column on that Max Robert Duvall. We'll get into that later. Um, And Hobbs is smitten with with Memo, Kim Basinger, uh, and is in that relationship. Uh, Words, words, words. Uh, Hobbs falls into a slump, which did happen in the movie. Yep. And... There's a mystery woman who rises from her seat in the movie. We see that's Glenn, Col- Glenn Close. Yep. Uh, and Roy sees it, and she has a kid, which we f- he later finds out. Um, but in the book, he does not see that it's her. She leaves, and he learns that she is a grandmother and re- loses interest in her. Yeah, how funny is that? Damn. And, 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 and he's like, eh, I'm not interested. You're a grandma. <laughs> um i'm gonna go back to to my main girl memo. yeah right uh and Memo's like now nah, get out of here and then hobbs is on a 17 he cut to he being on a 17 game winning streak the the reason for it um and their one went away from the uh, national league pennant he attends a party where by uh hosted by memo he collapses and awakens in the hospital and the doctors say he can play in the final game but he must retire uh, he wants to start a family with Memo and realizes that he will need money. This part is by far different in the Whoa. movie. So first of all, he wants and, to stay more. with Memo. He wants yeah. to have a family with her. And she was the one that was like, "Hey, we can get away, uh, Gus. This Gus, that uh, you know, uh, Gus has a lot of leg lamps. Let's just say." <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know what i'm yeah 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 uh he's also got this crazy all-seeing illuminati eye
0: what was with the eye dude like is that That part of the writing or was that like a character choice he's like you know what i think this character should
1: have an eye that's bigger than the other um i don't know um (laughs) uh during the max and gus are good buddies and max in during roy's contract negotiations puts Roy in touch with with Gus mm-hmm. as his financier or whatever, so that's how they get they get um, together. He's not in cahoots with the judge like he is in the movie. Um, the judge at the end, the judge bra- uh, offers Hobbs a bribe of five thousand to lose the game so that he can get full ownership of the of the, the yeah. team as part of the contract with um, Pop. Roy's like, no, no no, 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 no. I want 35 large. Uh, and then he accepts it. So here here we go. We got a little bit of deceit going on. Roy is not like the goody two shoes boy scout that he's portrayed in the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, so that night, the night before the game, he gets a letter. He reads a letter from Iris again, after seeing the word grandmother, he throws it away. Uh, the next day at bat, uh, he hits a foul ball, foul ball, and it hits Iris injuring her and that's what splits the bat it's not just a foul ball yeah this guy he hits yeah. irish <laughs> kind of a, well the ball does i mean yeah, he probably didn't amazing, call his though. shot but he was probably like um uh and at that point i guess he goes and talks to her and she's like ow the ball i i, I literally got hit in the face with a ball with a baseball <laughs> i didn't get beat um But she says, I'm pregnant, it's yours. Not he's 16 years old, like in the movie. Uh, and at the end of the game, with a chance to win, Hobbs, who now tries to win, um, faces the same pitcher as in the movie Youngberry. And at the end, he strikes out and ends the season. Interesting.
0: Oh, yeah. For me, again, the plot felt like it was all over the place and turn with a lot of things. There were still uh, there was you know a storyline to follow in terms of uh, of the idea of the sold guy really trying to prove himself, but then you just had a lot of stuff that was kind of thrown in. It felt like if again this movie is almost two hours and it could have easily been much less.
1: Should we, we could have cut away some away. So it was yeah, hour twenty or two hours twenty. Yeah. Oh, was it? Good yeah. lord! Standard one hundred thirty eight minutes or directors cut one hundred and forty four. Oh, you're right. Jeez. it's a long movie, but. We'll get into this later, but like the story is dense. It's more like a uh, someone's past catching up to them type thing, and there's baseball sprinkled in there. Um, if you've ever watched For Love of the Game with Kevin Costner and mm-hmm. um, John Travolta's uh, Kelly Preston, rest in peace. Uh, she, uh, those two, that is a love story with baseball sprinkled around it. Never saw it. It's definitely a chick flick. You gotcha. won't be, um, it's not on the list for a reason.
0: <laughs> it, um this plot though was navigated by some heavy hitter actors dude we have some names in this film let's jump into those the acting and the actors right away Robert Redford never doing, a bad performance you know never. this guy this guys never a dude. bad mustache <laughs> it felt like though with this character that it's it seemed like he just kind of I, Like I said before, there was nothing about this character that made me care. And I felt like that's how Robert Redford was doing, was acting. It felt like it was very just kind of phoned in. A lot of what I saw during this, his performance felt like. You should stand this way and wear your hat this way because it looks cool. Like you should look like it's all about how he looks and like the 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 visuals of the kind of like the character itself and not actual depth to the character. Because I didn't feel like
1: there was much depth to his character at all. Wait, which Robert are we talking about again? (laughs) We're talking about Robert Redford. Uh Oh, I thought. Geez, I'm already I'm already past him. (laughs) Yeah, he. uh... (laughs) Whoops. (laughs) I'm thinking Robert Duvall already.
0: Yeah, no. Robert Redford, dude. This character just comes across in the entire movie, like I said, posed for the look and how yeah. he should kind of look and, and very
1: hollow in terms of any depth with how he was acting in this in this part. I think part of it, too, is like he's only ever known two things, baseball and farming.
0: We're assuming we have no clue what happened for 16 years. The dude could have been like all over the world, and we have no clue what this guy's been doing.
1: Yeah, I I just don't think that he this character doesn't have a lot of depth. I agree with you. It's it's literally those two things: baseball and farming. Because yes. when he's done with baseball, he goes and back women. to the farm.
0: Women, he's no problems jumping around with women. Doesn't really know women that well though. Yeah. No. No. And even the interaction with interaction with everybody, dude. Like. It It really felt like this was about making Robert Redford look cool. This was like the his his James Dean movie. Cool or young? I don't know because that young wasn't working, bro. That's why I kept saying, "Come on, he's supposed to be how old right now? Get out of here." <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, yes. But Robert Duvall now, I love Robert Duvall, dude. I really do. I'm gonna repeat my previous statement: never a bad, uh, never a bad uh, performance. Yeah, never a bad mustache.
0: No dude was i mean i really love this guy i love him, you know ever since i first saw the guy in the godfather but moving on you know it, it, all, all the different things i've seen him and he was amazing what was that one where he was a preacher like some sort of preacher or whatever it was you know what i'm talking about mm. that was a really good one
1: too i don't but i'll find when it. you go to robert here's the funny thing when you go to robert duvall's uh imd or uh, wikipedia you have to scroll down to click on another link to go to his filmography. Oh, yeah, because, because it's so six decades yeah, of it, work, it is, dude. Yeah, it is Wowzers.
0: Yeah, The Apostle. That was um, the name absolutely. of that movie. That was a really good movie, actually. I believe um, you. But, dude, yeah, this dude's been in everything. Phenomenal actor. Uh, and he does a great job in this role. I really like the character that he plays, this, this sports writer who, at the very beginning, we meet him because he's kind of like, you know, He's basically like the lap dog for the Babe Ruth character. He just like loves this guy, right? Um, and later on, we see him. And I love that kind of like he has this look in his face. That every time he looks at Robert Duvall, like, I know you. I know you. And I don't mm-hmm. know why I know you, but I'm going to know that I know you. And um, he doesn't
1: figure it out until he throws, throws a heater in. Yeah, and then he like, remembers. Well, damn, it's that guy. You that think, kid. though, that you would remember a guy on the side of the road
0: who just struck, struck out
1: the babe yeah yeah i mean yeah uh interestingly uh you know you said robert duvall was supposed to stand there and look cool like james dean robert duvall was in bullet with james dean yes yes so, he was uh, he probably was like hey man let's do it like my man james dean rest in peace <laughs> this you know, is how that. we do it um tell him montel
0: glenn close for me again this was another kind of, a lot of the, the character not all of them but a lot of them had a hollowness to them again like I said they very kind of flimsy Just and that move. she was one she was one of them very well, flimsy
1: and, and the whole like he's like yeah when I left uh obviously he didn't go back home to her at all but he's like yeah I left and she's like well did you like her and not like with that like undertone of I'm a super jealous woman but like like, so how are, how's life? Yeah. Well, you how know, did you on? like her? That's cool. You know, yeah, we're I've having carry- this
0: conversation and I know I have your kid at home.
1: Yeah. I've been raising your son for the last 16 years, you know, the last the last every day that you've been gone. So um, he
0: needs his dad
1: around now. Now yeah, he 16, lives in New York. He needs his dad around. Yeah. How about, I don't know, the whole time, especially in these times.
0: It was so weird, dude. It's such a it was such a weird character. Um, And I just, yeah, at the beginning was so strange, too, when they were supposed to be younger Why not just cast 19-year-olds, like people who were younger? Sure, they won't look just like them, but a lot of those scenes were pulled out, like dark and pulled away. So you didn't have to see that close-up. And even if you didn't, who cares? As long as they look close enough. Uh, Yeah, so for me, Glenn Close was one of these that she was, oh, she's in it, kind of a thing. Because other than that, there's nothing that reminds me of her performance. Um, Kim Basinger, uh, she was a little bit different. You know, She had a little bit more in terms of, you could tell she was supposed to be doing things you know uh on she's not on the up and up right like you you should be careful of this woman she's she's got ill intentions and and she she played that off well but she also played it in terms of like that character that now she was starting to fall for this guy she actually started to care about him you know what i mean um and you could see that i think she did a pretty good job there but there were some times where i was just like eh
1: she, yeah she started out as basically a gold digger and you ha- you got this kind of weird feeling like she kept talking about Gus or everybody else that wasn't the person that she was, quote, with. Yeah. And you're like, how involved with them are, and in what manner are you involved mm-hmm. with them? Because, you know. Yeah. Gonna need a little bit more information here.
0: Yeah. But she plays that character, this character that's supposed to be the one that's distracting this man. She's supposed to be attractive. She's supposed to try to seduce them, and she plays that well. Uh, I want to start. Ta- I want to talk now of the actor of the hour, man. The performance of the movie, Mr. Wilford Brimley, mm-hmm. Pop Fisher. For me, the best performance of the entire film. The best performance. The guy was like the character. This was a character. This character had depth. This character had feeling. In the first five minutes of no, of seeing him on screen, I knew him. I knew where he came from. I knew he was already at the end of his rope with these guys on the field. And the fact that his water fountain wasn't giving him clean water. You know what I mean? Like I already knew who this gross, character was in just the first five minutes and throughout the rest of the film. He was just... Dude shining light in this entire film for me
1: well and and you you found that he probably had the most character development uh you found that he had a reason to be as grouchy as he was yes and you know he should have been a farmer but um with a name like wilford you think that he would have been here's the funny thing bold choice first name anthony middle name wilford really bold choice my (laughs) friend i'm
0: going with this because no one else uses this name
1: here's Um, the other thing also a singer was he really get out what kind of music is he singing like lounge music yeah he he was uh he sang backup for richard cheese (laughs) (laughs) um but dude i gotta tell
0: you i feel like this movie should about about should have been about him he had more invested like i was more invested in this in this team winning for the purposes of this guy getting his his due de- deserve you know what he's deserving uh rather than some kid who just kind of like i don't know womanizing has barely any kind of redeeming qualities at all. I'm supposed to cheer for him to win the game at the end when this, this is the guy who's been poured his heart and soul into it. The game literally chewed him up and spit him out. He stuck with this team that's just a crap team because they're throwing it away because the judges like, do you know what I mean? Like, that's the dude we should have been following for the whole movie right there. And the performance was awesome. He was this character like it, it was real. This was a real life character. Do you know what I mean? It just really was.
1: I, I'm not even going to respond to what you just said because I'm going to read this sentence here. In 1993, Brimley sang with the Cal State Northridge Jazz Band for a concert. So, yes, yes he did it. it's jazz on music.
0: It's on YouTube, dude. It's on YouTube.
1: Also, he's dead. Oh, man. Rest in peace, Wilford Brimley. We will not have a new diabetes commercial from you ever again.
0: But tell me, dude, tell me this wasn't the the shining performance of the entire film.
1: He's the absolute best. He and Duval carried this film, I think.
0: I really think so. These two guys carried this film in terms of their
1: characters. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's, you can't go wrong with, uh, Wilford Brimley and Robert Duvall, have they ever done a bad performance? Not that I've I've seen. He didn't in 1993 at the Cal State Northridge Jazz Band concert. Not if it's (laughs) worth mentioning, dude. He is a fine singer with a warm, rich voice. That's what it says right here. (laughs) I'm about to look that up after we're done here. Oh my goodness. Hold on. Okay. He was also an accomplished harmonica player.
0: Oh my God. (laughs) There's got to be footage somewhere with him and Bruce Willis just going to town.
1: During his 2011 appearance on the Late Late Show with Craig Ferguson, Brimley performed a lively rendition of Oh Susanna. Dude, it's on film. We're watching that here in a bit. Oh man! Well, stick around. Post credits. This is our oh, post credit scene. Heck yeah!
0: Uh, the judge, the guy who played the judge, convincing in being this in sl- being slimy. You know, J- Robert Prosky. Um
1: You know him, but you don't know from where. That's the that's the thing. Like he's so.
0: He's the ticket booth guy from Last Action Hero. He's the one he's that gives the, the magic ticket to the kid.
1: He's the agent from Mrs. Doubtfire.
0: Oh, nice. He's uh he plays Santa in the 94 remake of Miracle on 34th Street. Uh so the dude's been around for a while and he does play this character well. So I don't want to say that all the people in this film were flimsy. This guy was decent too. He plays this character pretty well. And then also the guy who plays Gus, Darren McGavin, which is uncredited in this film. Yeah. Um it says so on the Wikipedia uncredited. I didn't really notice it in terms of it, but uh yeah, dude, he's uh he's in this film and he does a good job playing this kind of slimy, sleazy, you know, part of the nefarious group of of folks that are, are uh, supposed to be the bad guys here.
1: Gavin, uh, Darren McGavin is, is a great actor. I mean, he's the dad in um, a Christmas story. Yep. You know, and and, it must be French. Well, and, and when he, you know, when the light lamp breaks and he's like, he's trying to leave to go to the store to get glue. And he's just so infuriated. And he's just like, (laughs) not a finger. You're like, you know what he means? He's like, don't touch it. Not even a finger on it, but he can't even muster the words to say it.
0: Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he plays this guy, this guy that's betting against his team and betting against the players so that he can make money. Uh, you know, again, they play these characters well in terms of the roles that they are. I don't know, man. It just, it's not as shining as Wilford Brimley for me. Wilford Mm -hmm. just killed it. Michael Madsen, uh, pleasant surprise. I'm a huge fan of Michael Madsen's work ever since I saw his performance in reservoir dogs way, way back in the day. Um, so anytime I see the dude pop up, I'm like, hey, it's Michael Madsen. And there's always this kind of air of cool to him, right? Like he's there's just something the way he carries himself. Uh even with this character, he's kind of like a uh he's,
1: um, he's just kind of like a laissez faire, you know, casual, like, eh, yeah, I got mine. What about you? You want me
0: to apologize? I'm not gonna apologize. I'm not mm-hmm. apologizing. Uh he's not in it long, you know, he wants to a wall and dies. Um and you know, we have a whole cast of other people. I don't know that there's anybody else that really stood out for me in terms
1: of who, who there's played, two. who there's two. that Joe Don Baker plays the whammer. Ah, yeah. Joe Don Baker and um, Mike Starr plays just a guy on the baseball team. Uh, he has been, Oh, in Mike star dumb and
0: dumber. Yes. He's the dude in dumb and dumber. The gas man. That they make him eat the, the, the chili peppers and he's, he, he almost
1: dies in the restaurant? I want to say he was in one of the earnest movies that we watched, but he wasn't. Oh, but he is in a movie that we are going to watch one of these days, Chris.
0: What's that? Baby's Day Out. Oh, God, that scares me, dude. <laughs> that
1: scares me. Just think um, of the movie Mousetrap. <laughs> a mousetrap, but a, a movie.
0: That's, that's, uh, yeah, still scary.
1: Um, but yeah, when I saw him in this film, I was like, Hey,
0: I know that dude, Dumb and Dumber. He's the one in the middle of the van when they're singing Mockingbird and screaming
1: and making all this weird noise. He looks like a guy that w- should have been in it over the top, but wasn't. Yes, exactly.
0: Uh, anything else you want to say on the actors, the acting in this film?
1: Um, no, I mean, I think we've said most of it yeah. but most of them fill just a specific well, so no but yes um <laughs> you know they all fill a, a very specific need unfortunately the, you know there's not a whole lot of depth to yeah everybody
0: uh let's move on to the music soundtrack randy newman Randy Newman does the score. When I saw Randy Newman, I was like, oh, are we going to get some Randy Newman songs a la Toy Story? Like, Mm -hmm. I'm sitting here throwing baseballs with my dad. (laughs) You know what I mean? He's got that voice that's kind of like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's very sing-songy. Yeah. Um, but no, it's it's the score. He actually, he composes the score for this film, which is a good score. You know, I'm listening to it and I'm watching the film and, and it's very grandiose in,
1: in its, you know, its mm-hmm. it's orchestral kind of arrangement. Um, the ending, you know, with the, as you said, you know, that that whole, the strings and just the, the it's a very, uh, it, it erupts to yes. just like this grand swell of, um, you know, it, it, it does what it's supposed to do. You have yes. that emotion, you have that excitement, you have that jubil- jubilation mm-hmm. of, we did it, guys. Yeah, Hooray.
0: And that's what the score is meant to be for this kind of film. It's supposed to be the score for a film that's supposed to be an inspirational kind of a film. You know, the uh, underdog type of film, like like Rudy, like Feel the Dream. It's supposed to have those that feel to it. And it does done well you know it was an enjoyable wasn't anything that took me out of the film anything that was weird um i don't think they had any actual commercial songs i think it was all score i didn't remember Mm -hmm. hearing any commercial songs and if it was it was you know 20s or 30s but i didn't really you know catch it there's some jazz there's some jazz stuff on the that kind of like that 20s or 30s kind of roaring 20s jazz music when they're doing a lot of the montages uh and the and the film reels but other than that you know it's um it's a straight up score and it's a, you know, it's enjoyable. It's, there's nothing in this. That's mm-hmm. that's off if you will. So that said super deep conversation on the music. Let's go into special mm-hmm. effects. I, I don't think there were any, I think the end right the exploding lights with all of the the showering the showering embers or just all that stuff just kind of sparklers. falling on top of sparks all the sparks that just pouring down on the players as they're dancing underneath them in the field at the end i was just like that's a lot of sparks man nobody and this is the 30s right nobody's going like run cuz shit's going to catch on fire with that stuff going off
1: yeah well i mean <laughs> why would they Yeah, that's all good, bro. All good. All all the chairs
0: are wooden, aren't they? Aren't they like wooden chairs back in those days? If there were chairs, but yeah. Um, But yeah, dude, there there was really nothing in terms of special effects with this film. I don't think. I didn't see. Oh, blood, maybe. Like the little blood pack on his side when he gets shot. Yeah, that's. (laughs) Sure, it looks real. I mean, there's nothing that looks not real about it. Yeah, uh, there's not much to talk about in terms of special effects. So. Let's just wrap it up, dude. Wrap up the film. So we usually talk about like what stood out in this film. So I gotta say, it's beautiful. It's a gorgeous looking film. The way it's filmed, cinematography, very nice. A lot of nice shots, you know, a lot of gorgeous landscape shots, that kind of 1920s look, 30s look. I love it. You know, I love era films. I really do. Um, you know, so it looked really nice. Um and then they got, obviously, you know, there's there's moments in this film I really enjoyed. I enjoyed that piece where, you know, he was pitching to the Babe Ruth character because you knew what was coming. So that was fun. You know, it's always fun when you see that moment in the film where it's, it's okay, you're like, now they're going to see what this is about. So he hasn't been batting. Now we're going to see what it's about. He's in the game and he rips the covering off the ball. Like those things are kind of cool, um, you know. So those things really did stand out to me in terms of the film itself, uh, you know. And it's enjoyable to watch that kind of stuff. I think it could have been a little shorter, but you know, there was there was thing. Overall, it was it was nice to see. Like like I said, it was uh it's it's filmed well. They looked good, you know. Robert Redford's a good looking dude, and the way they had him posed and frame a lot of times, his clothes. There's a lot of stylistic things that you're looking at here that it's meant to be pleasing to the eye in terms of the way they framed a lot of things or had him stand or dressed a certain way. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's my thoughts on those pieces. What about, what about for you, dude, what stands out in this film?
1: So, you know, I hadn't seen this movie in, in quite some time. Uh, it is relevant because, you know, opening day was this past week and, you know, I was like, well, this is a good excuse to watch this movie. Uh, so we put it on the books and I mean, I like the movie yeah i didn't realize that the like i said it's been a while there there's a couple extra things that could be excised from the movie uh and a couple things that could be added to the movie now i i got this on amazon i don't know which version i watched yeah same but six minutes difference is like the star wars re-releases in 2002 or whatever year it was Mm -hmm. you know when they had those extra 35 seconds of who cares footage because I mean, I say that, and then our half of our listeners just drop off um, because they cared. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, there's there's probably a little bit more that needs to be here. But like as you said, the cinematography is great. Not so much the acting, uh, but the uh, the landscapes. the The second units did a really good job. Uh, the acting between the 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 back and forth between characters. If it one of those characters, if one of those actors was Robert Redford and or Robert Duvall were probably better acted because those are a list long term actors. Not that Robert Redford wasn't at this time. I don't think he was Robert Redford wasn't who he is now obviously then
0: that i'm not sure i know that for a while there was a break between films like he had just come back to acting and i don't know why that was one of the things i saw when i was looking up some of the stuff on this film i was looking up like just how it was received initially and i saw that it got a lot of you know high praise this was looked at as one of those films that you want to watch uh up there like rudy Field the dreams those kinds of films um you know there were some people who looked at this saying, eh, it's all over the place, it's not the greatest film, but, but but overall, it's got favorable reviews, so yeah. I think I don't know whether or not, you know, I know he had been because wasn't he in Sundance? Uh, Sundance yeah.
1: is his thing, right? Or is that Tribeca? What was it,
0: The Sundance Kid? The what? Um, oh, oh that oh. movie, The So and So and The Sundance Kid? I think he was a part, he was
1: that oh, earlier, is that butch Cassidy, yeah. Um, yeah, that was 1969. Yeah,
0: so you know, I don't know how long he took a break before he decided to come back to, to film,
1: but... Well, that was 1969, and then he had one movie the following year, three in 72, two in 73, and with the exception of 1978, he didn't have a, mo- a year without a movie until 1981. Ah, then he took a break for so a few between, years? Between, so 82, 81, two, and three... He took a break. This was the only movie he put out in '84, and then from '87 to '89, he also took a break.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure why. Maybe he was doing his own thing. Maybe he's got his Sundance Film Festival, his ranch, whatever he's doing. That's true. Um, but yeah, dude, you know. Anything else? What What else stands out for you in this film?
1: Uh, I mean, you know the the acting again is is just between those those two. Uh, with those two in the scenes, I think were probably the best scenes of the movie. Um, there are a lot of character actors or people in this movie that would go on to do more things, like Michael Madsen. So it was, yeah. it, was it was crazy to see a very young Michael Madsen because all you see now is Michael Madsen from Reservoir Dogs or Kill and Bill later, yeah, yeah, where he is. That's not makeup. He is rugged mm-hmm. up in this face area. <laughs> yeah, like he yeah. is. He is road hard and put away wet. And, and this one,
0: he's young and fresh, dude. He's a he's a little yeah. baby, pink right was, out of the.
1: Was he in Eight Men Out or the uh, or fi- or or the Field of Dreams? Eight
0: Men Out yeah. sounds familiar, though. He may have been. I can't remember.
1: Yeah, but yeah, dude. Can, but you know, in in a lot of these movies, uh, or he, you know, this was his fourth movie. Ironically, his second was War Games. What a what a blockbuster smash sensation wow. that one was. <laughs> but. Um, you know, in, in terms of, geez, he was in free Willy too. Oof. Wow. That's, that's weird. Yeah. It was just... um, but, you know, just seeing part of this is part of this. Part, the nice thing about doing this is also seeing these young actors, Mike Starr, um, you know, Michael Madsen, uh, Joe Don Baker is not young. Neither is Darren McGavin. Right. Uh, but they are, they are mainstays: Robert Redford, Robert Duvall, Kim Basinger, Glenn Close, Wilford Brimley, Richard Farnsworth, who we didn't even mention played Red, yeah. you know, the foil to Pop, and you know, a long-term uh, character actor, um, you know, 80 years old, had a huge career of uh, career highlights um wow that was a great sentence sean (laughs) you know he was you know just in movies maybe you know great cast on paper execution probably not as good plot probably not as good um but you know you figure you have this great cast and you would have a great movie you have a Pretty decent story, but you have paper thin characters and that's unfortunate, but you know, just the overall, the look of the movie was, was, was really good, I think at the very least. So I'll just leave it at that.
0: There you go. Let's rate it. I'll start. Like I said, it was already up in the air, whether or not I was going to get into it. It's a baseball film. You know, I wasn't sure if I was going to like it. I was enjoying it a lot in terms of like with the things I said, cinematography, the storyline itself, you know, has a, a, a it's an okay storyline. If you follow the main storyline, I really think um, we should have been focusing on pop's life in this film. <laughs> you know what I mean? But uh, you know, it's not my film to say performances. Some of them were, were, were a, a little lacking. If you ask me, you know, when you, when you're thinking of the names that we have, and again, this is all my opinion. People might watch this and think this is one of those greats. And, and they're going to listen to me and say, how could he say that? This is one of Robert Redford's best or Glenn. Yeah. For me, it wasn't for me. Wilford Brimley was the, the star of this film Duvall, a second close runner up behind him. Um, yeah. I don't know what else to say about it, man. You've heard everything I said for my rating. We're doing this in terms of what is this? Uh, The Savoy. What is it? Savoy specials mm-hmm. out of five Savoy specials. We forgot to talk about that, right? The little kid that wants a bat himself. So Hobbs helps him make a bat
1: himself, but we never see it. Why not? <laughs> not till the end. Well, and okay. So timeout. So, when we're that's what I'm this, saying,
0: dude. There's a lot that's just crazy with this film. It just, so, time out. So, off.
1: so when we're watching this, I watched this with <laughs> E, and I said, wouldn't it be great? Because I can't remember. I just thought Bobby picked him out like a ra- random piece of pine. And um, pine, Chris, is what they call it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, uh, and I said, wouldn't it be great if he goes and gets Bobby's bat? Bobby goes and gets him the bat that they made together. Sure. Like, oh, but they didn't show that, so it probably didn't happen.
0: (laughs) Savoy special. And I'm
1: like, well, shit, someone thought that too, because that's what he goes and gets. Yeah. The Savoy special.
0: There's a lot in this film that you're just like, huh, okay. Um, so again, you know, out of five Savoy specials, this is my rating. It doesn't mean it's not a good film, but I'm going with a two, two Savoy specials here, because for me, there was a lot lacking to get me involved to where I care. Like I, like, I should have been at the end of this film, if, it, if if I'm going to be rating this on a higher level, it's going to need me to cheer. It's going to need me to be like, yes, come on, we got it, you know? And I already, it was like, oh, you know what's going to happen. It, it felt like it, it, it was it was following a recipe that was convoluted with all these other pieces of, of, of storyline that they kind of wanted to throw all together in this film. And it felt like it was trying to be... Um, an inspirational film. It's trying to be Miracle on Ice. It's trying to be, you know, a field of dreams. And it just didn't, it, for me, it fell kind of short in that regard. So that's why it's only getting two Savoy specials
1: in my book. Notice how Chris doesn't say it's no Hoosiers. well hey regarded as like the best sports movie ever.
0: Hoosiers is right up there too that's what I'm saying you know I know I keep going to the same ones but there are some of these greats that it's just not it's not going to touch Hoosiers is definitely one of them get Mm. out of here Gene Hackman bro we gotta cover that at some point
1: in the future oh what if Gene Hackman played Roy Hobbs instead of Robert Redford
0: oh god (laughs) Oh, he would have geez. been even older looking. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "How old are you
1: supposed to be, son?" Well, twenty-five. What do you think? He's yeah, was it look like asshole? <laughs> with his corn, with his bar, barbershop quartet hat, those <laughs> corn cob hats. Oh god. So yeah, I'm getting two Savoy, Savoy specials on this one. So for me, uh, I'm I'm going to go a tad higher. Um, so I have seen this movie before. As I said, uh, the movie looks great. Uh, there And I do appreciate baseball a little bit more than you. So I think that that does lend itself to it a little bit more. Uh, not that I want to sit through a three and a half hour baseball mm-hmm. game. Um, a two, almost two and a half hour baseball movie that isn't all baseball uh, is okay. But it's got to have some substance to it. There's got to be a lot of uh, meat based, repla- uh, plant based meat replacement uh, <laughs> for me because um, Chris and I are vegetarians. You're you're a little bit more, yeah, on the militant end of it, though. Um, but the uh the there's there's not a lot of um uh, not a lot of the plot leaves a lot to a little bit to, not to be desired. Now talking about it a little bit more, she didn't yeah. think it was that great of a movie, And I'm like, oh, it's like the best baseball movie ever. What are you talking about?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But that was what I remembered it being, and and mm-hmm. part of this is being able to revisit some of those and new stuff and and kind of really get into into film and cinema and see what works, what doesn't work. Uh, I'll tell you what doesn't work the entirety of they live. Uh, What does work (laughs) a good script, like back to the future or something that's relatable, like office space. I can't relate to getting shot (laughs) and my dream for 16 years being put on hold. And then just one, one year I can be the greatest player that there ever was um can't really relate to that yeah but i can relate to bad acting (laughs) and how bad this was um so because of that um you know all the other you know rose colored everythings and 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 whatnots i gotta go uh, a flat three on this one unfortunately gotcha
0: gotcha three this was uh, I think last time I said one of the things I rate these things on is to whether or not this is a movie you could silence your phones on and I found myself grabbing my phone a lot throughout the film mm-hmm. just to there was a couple of times when I wanted to look up things involved with the film like this and that but then it was just like oh what's going on over here what but I didn't want to on? do
1: that during us and I didn't want to do no. that during um no what was the movie doing? Get, get Out? One, uh, yeah. get out or uh, did during they live
0: you know what I'm saying though like that's the thing so this one is definitely for me it's not a film to silence your phone for Mm -hmm. uh but we'll see we'll see how this goes moving forward because we have more baseball films coming i'm a little hopeful because i know the next one i've seen i did enjoy so i'm I'm a little hesitant too because now i'm thinking to myself we are doing this right we're going back we're taking off the rose-colored glasses and we're watching them critically now so who knows this is considered uh you know a, a film that's held in in high regard when it comes to baseball films you know there's a lot of nostalgia that's tied to this at the time it came out it was um it was it was a big deal it was a big deal having a film about women baseball players we're talking about a league of their own
1: say Evelyn can I ask you a question you got a moment Mm
0: -hmm. which team do you play for well I'm a peach well I was just wondering because I couldn't figure out why you would throw home when we've got a two-run lead you let the tying run get on second and we lost the lead because of you now you start using your head! That's not that love! That's three feet above your ass!
1: <laughs> Are you crying? No. Are you crying? Oh.
0: Are you crying? There's no crying. There's no crying in baseball. Why don't you leave her alone, Jimmy? Oh, you zip it, Doris! Gina Davis. Madonna. Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks before Tom Hanks is stratosphere. Tom Hanks, right? He's been making his name again after coming his what's it like a, his second time around after his eighties, you know, push. So uh, he's kind of recoming back around again, and his name's is made. I don't know if this was before or after Forrest Gump. I can't remember. This Sorry. was
1: right before.
0: So uh, Forrest Gump is the one that's before. like literally. That was it. Once he hits Forrest Gump, everybody's like Tom Hanks is our savior. I thought um, it was
1: Punchline where he
0: did that. <laughs> but, but yeah, so this is going to be interesting, dude. Uh, it's going to be interesting to revisit it. I have not seen this film man, maybe since my
1: 20s. Maybe. It's been a long time. It'll be interesting. Um, you failed to include Lori Petty in your list. Oh, Tank Girl. How could I forget Tank Girl, dude? star of the 2018 nickel city comic-con
0: that's oh that's right she was (laughs) there oh man oh all right guys listen thanks so much for listening to another episode of silencer phones we appreciate your support head over to the website bicbp-radio.com and make sure to check out all the other shows on the network and uh other than that sean what do you got for the people before we head out
1: the end is nigh wear your mask because things are starting to turn around Thankfully, get your shot and be safe just like everybody else. It's going to happen. You can only guarantee your own safety. It's going to happen. End of sentence.
0: It's going to happen. All right, folks. uh, Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week. And it is now time to unsilence your phones.